Hey everybody, it's Zan with a very important message. I just want to let you know, due to some errors with the recording software, this episode is going to be a little bit choppy. Still perfectly fine. We have a great subject to talk about. We have a great movie to talk about. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hope you guys enjoy it. And before I forget, remember that this episode contains adult language, mature situations, optimism, uplifting stories, great romance, and insane ideas involving lawn chairs and balloons. Listener discretion is advised. No such thing as the little guy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Spirekin's Movie Review. Spirekin is some podcasts and many reviews about connecting enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? It is a great evening. And this is Michael, sitting here over on the side with Zan. So, how are you doing, Zan? Doing good, doing great. Showing out here at the Spirekin studio and relaxing. Uh, before I forget, remember, everyone, you can check out our episodes at www.spirekin.com. You can email us at spikerandgmail.com, I'm at zanspikerandgmail.com, or Facebook, Twitter, all that other lovely stuff. But more importantly than that, I am freezing here because this weather's been so fucking weird. <laughs> oh, man. Let's see. A lot of people don't realize that Zan and I are in two completely different locations. Zan's on the east coast of the United States. Uh, I'm on the west coast, and you're freezing, and I'm pretty cold here, too, but it is 58 degrees here, so I'm guessing you're a hell of a lot colder than I am. Just a tad bit. Um, but here's the weird part. It snows, and then the sun comes out, and the snow on the blacktop disappears instantaneously. It's like the sun is super powerful right now, but the temperature, it's really weird, but I don't know. It's one of those things. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I keep looking at the weather out, out there, and I just keep thinking, uh, I don't want to be there. So, uh, uh, man, I don't know how you hang out out there. I'm completely happy being in Southern California. I, I can feel bad that I can go outside right now, have a cigarette, and just chill, and I'm picturing you right now coddled up with like a blanket in your in your apartment, and that's not cool. And I feel bad about that. I mean, on the other hand, my mom up until recently was in Puerto Rico with my grandmother okay, for well, a year. Well, well, now I feel bad. Now I feel bad about me. So <laughs> that was like she said, "Oh, as beautiful as 100." Now she said, "I'm like that's just terrible, mom. That's just so bad." Well, you you can always feel good, like you know, uh, give it till. Uh, I don't know, mid-June, and give her a call. And that should feel a little better, because it's like I'm, you know, just sweltering. Very. That is a good point. 
So, uh, we should get to the, what we're talking about now. For those of you who don't remember, last time we were on, we rolled that one that only the Dodecahedron movies that they can have this for reviewing a movie that was directed by Jeff Bellsmeyer. Now, this guy pretty much is a storyboard artist. <laughs> this is like his only, he did two other movies besides his director. Everything else, he's a storyboard artist. But, he was a storyboard artist for Lawnmower Man 1 and 2. He was on Quiz Show. He did A Bronx Tale. He did Scent of a Woman, Malcolm X, and Heat. That's an impressive lineup. That one I, I, I was not completely aware of, which uh, gives me a hell of a lot of respect. He does? I mean, Quiz Show was phenomenal. And from the Bronx, Bronx Tale's an amazing father and son story, and I think it's a, a very well done film. And the fact he was our storyboard artist, that gets some points in my book. But, on the other hand, the three movies he directed, when I first saw the first movie, I was like, wait a minute, he worked with Tommy Wiseau? Because he did a movie called The Room. Oh, my God. Did he? I mean, The Room? I thought it was, really? but I looked it up. It's a short film he did that is not to be confused with the oh, Tommy God. Wiseau monstrosity. No, to thank God, because my heart skipped a beat. I, I, you, were, you said The Room, and I went, oh, uh, okay. Well, then I, I, I have notes in front of me. I was going to just wad them up. I was going to throw them away. Uh, I mean, I, I, at that point, I'd be like, I don't care what you did. After that, screw it. Unless this was his, I'm sorry, but the other movie is a movie called Ingenious. I believe it's a horror movie. Or I have to look it up. The movie came out in May 16, 2003 at Cannes Films, but we received it in the United States in August 11, 2004. I think it was released in its native country of Australia back in 2003 also. Oh, so we got another Aussie film. I mean, he is an Aussie director. Yep, but here's the thing. The movie was made for $3 million. Uh, the gross earnings after eight weeks, I didn't even look at the box office, this is the gross earnings was $159,279. I hate to be, you know, the naysayer here, and this is what always sucks, but, you know, after watching Danny Dexter, I think the guy deserves some credit. I mean, there's a hell of a lot of worst movies out there that, you know, deserve a little bit more box office cred. Now, I get that we're in kind of a digital era right now, and now the question, well, here's the question. Does that include sales from on-demand and what they've made from, you know, Cinemax, HBO, Netflix, those things? No, this is only from the theaters. That was it. It was only released, oh, well, limited release, too. So that's the other thing, was limited release. Oh, well, then screw them. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, this is where, where we're at. Uh, there's a, gr a, a tremendous amount of uh, great talent out there. And uh, some of which is not box office material, especially in the U.S., but they do very well on Netflix, so, uh, you know, good for them. And I have to admit, the movie, if it was released wider, and if they did a better job promoting it, I think it would have done better. Yes. I do remember seeing an Australian movie. I thought, actually, I think there is a... Um, I'm not sure if it is Australian or from New Zealand, but there was The Man Who Sued God, which was a great movie. And I can't recall if it's from either one. I do get confused on the Australian-New uh, Zealand aspect. But that one did very well, and I 
do think that it would do better now. It didn't get a lot of play. To be fair, I haven't seen a lot of Australian films, but the ones I've seen have kind of impressed me. It might be a self-selecting sample because uh, the ones I have seen are, are, you know, tend to be very good, but I have seen Undead, I have seen The Man Who Sued God, and I have seen Danny Deckchair, uh, which is the one we're hitting up. Have you seen Mad Max? Um, I have seen Mad Max, which is one of the exceptions. And um, I got the information for the box office in Australia. It made one million and change. So it's not a complete plot. No, and actually it deserved more than that. It completely did. Um, now, the movie is starring... There's a couple of actors and actors, but we're going to focus on the main four. You have Justine Clark, who you may know from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. She is truly... I don't want to say she's horrid, because at the end she redeems herself, but she is a very bitchy and manipulative character, I think. Uh, you do not like her from the beginning. Zan <laughs> is right. We, she does redeem herself. Um, you, you get the feeling that she is a manipulative woman, uh, and is a gr- actually a great character device for your main character. Uh, but she's not the focus of the movie. With thank God, because if. if she was, and her attitude, I would have tuned out within the first 15 minutes. The fact that you saw, right from the beginning, she was not going to be the focus and maybe get her comeuppance made it tolerable, at least to see her on screen. She's more of a plot point than she is. She's a catalyst for the situation which occurs. She's not the... She is kind of keeps going back to her, but she's more of the reason why everything happens which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, from her, then we have Reese Muldoon. Now, Reese Muldoon, he's on a bunch of TV shows. In this one, he plays kind of Mr. I'm the snarky guy. Uh, he played uh, Sandy. And Sandy in the movie is the stereotypical asshole. Yep. I mean, if if you do not like... Basically, Sandy in the movie is the guy you want to kick his ass in high school. And, and and the sad thing is, he's a good-looking guy, he's charismatic, and he's successful, and that's what really kicks your ass. And the fact that that he's a bad, bad person, and you get that impression from the beginning. You're not, you're not hit over the head with it, but he is still, you feel that he's a bad person, and it makes you feel good about hating him. Yeah, he is a good villain, and he does get, you're happy when he gets his comeuppance. Now, before we get to our lead actor, we're going to go to our lead actor, our kind of lead actress, or secondary actress, and this is Miranda Otto. She's someone who is very underrated, but she seems to be moving up in the world. She was famous for the 13th Floor. She's going to be in an upcoming series called Westworld, which is a remake of an old Michael Crichton novel. She was... In I Frankenstein, she was in Rain, and she's most notably known for a little New Zealand movie that was made by some guy named Jackson, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we shouldn't even approach that one. I mean, it was a little indie film. It was Jackson, something about some dude 
throwing a ring in a freaking volcano. Who knows what that movie was? It was six. It was nine hours of walking from point A to point B. Yeah, I mean, well, we don't need to touch that. I mean, it's not like it did anything in the box office, right? I mean, nobody cares about that movie. Uh, well, or those three movies, I should say. Well, now it's six movies, apparently. <laughs> if, six movies? Oh, are we up to six now? I I'm, I must have been in a coma. Uh, so so now we're into six. Good lord. So, so she has starred in a movie that's about, you know, you're in New Zealand... You're a great actress. You have talent, and you're going to star in a movie that the whole premise is somebody throwing a ring into a volcano. Okay, we got Joe versus the volcano right here. Except you're not sacrificing yourself. Screw it. I don't care. Seriously though, oh, it's good. She was Aowen in Lord of the Rings. Beautiful character, and she is. She is. Beautiful in a, I don't want to say plain, but she's a realistic beauty. She isn't unobtainable. Oh, no, she's nailable. Like, I, I, I was talking with Sam about this earlier. Um, uh, I freaking fell in love with her. I was going to Twitter her and then come to find out she's already married with kids. Uh, that really broke my heart. I'm still going to Twitter her, by the way, son. I, 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 I th- think I need to Twitter her. I think you do, and you let me know what happens. Tell me if, if she if she suspects that you are amazing, or or if she does, I'm getting her on the podcast. I, I'm I'm convinced. I'm gonna say, ah, you know what? I, I know you're happy. I know you have kids, but by God, I'm gonna take a, uh, a deck chair and I'm gonna land in your backyard, which actually kind of fits us into the next act. Yes, into the next actor. Who? Um, it took me. A long time to figure out how to pronounce this guy's name, but it's apparently Reese Evans. Now, I remember him playing this really creepy roommate in Notting Hill, who ate a jar of mayonnaise thinking it was, uh, thinking it was, uh, marshmallows. Thank God you picked that out, because I could not, I, I could not pick him out as an actor. I looked him up online, I looked out how to, Speak his name properly, and I did not get the Notting Hill reference. But yeah, he is, and he had this in this movie. Reese has this great mane going on, blonde hair, uh, very—I don't know what would you say, Zan? Well, he looks like a caveman. He's very disheveled, a caveman, very disheveled, not giving a crap about life, uh, which his significant other picks up upon. Uh, unfortunately, she doesn't realize his, eh, I would say, full potential, but you could say that about anything. Um, it, se- it seems more like, I don't think it's that he doesn't care, it's that he is someone who thinks outside the box. He's not someone who's content to be a drone. He does work a job which people look down on, but it's because he's good at it and he enjoys it. He, he likes the simple things in life. Like, the one thing is he loves every year going on a camping trip, but it's like, I'd love to go around, the, you know, take my camping equipment, go on a plane, go to another country and camp there, and his friends think he's crazy for that. And he's not appreciated for that, too. Like, in the, in the initial, there's, within the first couple minutes of, of the movie, you do see him do this wacky moment, falling into a 
vat of cement and them helping him out. And he's grinning the entire time. And he's just enjoying life. Yeah, but nobody else does. They think he's screwing up. They think he's a joker. They, they think all this stuff, and they want him to live a normal life. And that's where I really think the movie kicks off. Uh, you, uh, we, we do have a moment where his girlfriend brings up the point of uh, where are you going and uh, where are you going to be? Yeah, and and he doesn't really have an answer to that. Well, he does, cause, but it seems like you have two people who are living together because apparently they've been girlfriend and boyfriend since high school, and she has goals and aspirations to go further out. She wants to be rich. She wants to be famous. And Danny wants to be happy. So they're at a complete impasse. They're stuck together. And the relationship is he cares about her, but she doesn't see what she has. She sees beyond it. It's like, oh, I want to be rich. I want to be famous. And, ooh, that guy's more handsome. And she doesn't appreciate what she has. Right. And I, I think she does care about him on some sort of level. Danny's girlfriend does care about him. It's a superficial level. It's a level that, the, the same way you want someone to succeed, but for your own benefit. And, and maybe for his benefit, too. I, this is where I don't think she's a bad person based on the movie. I mean, it could we could be coming across that she may be, like, completely evil, which you could make the argument after seeing the movie. Um, I don't think that's the case. She just is... Very, very... She's obsessed uh, with the superficial, I think. Yeah, she's obsessed with celebrity. Yeah, and Danny's simple. He's a very simple guy, and what he decides to do on a... Well, we have to get to the catalyst first, because what happens is every year they have a camping trip, and Trudy, his girlfriend, says, "Uh, we can't do it this uh, year. I can't go on the camping trip because I have... uh, I have to work. My boss... His sister's in the hospital, and, you know, his sister died. And Danny... Coming up with an excuse. Yeah, Danny believes it. Uh, Yeah, that's what happens. Uh, She... His girlfriend is essentially uh, being a... uh, In her character, uh, kind of a bitch, is lying to him that she can't go on a camping trip because she has to date someone else. She has to go out on an outing, go just to a restaurant with a very powerful celebrity in Australia, Uh, but she lies to Danny about it. And Danny really doesn't know about that until there's a nice moment in there. Yeah, at first he overhears that she just isn't happy that she lies and he doesn't have the idea yet. He confronts her and says, yeah, I lied to you because I'm not happy. I, I don't want to go on your stupid camping trip. It's boring. It's dumb. And he actually sees Trudy with the celebrity Sandy, who's a sports reporter, and he's completely, he melts down. He goes crazy, but, but he's stuck staying with Trudy because of a little get-together they set up. Right, right, and, and and so he realizes there's a certain point in the movie where he actually sees this, uh, say it's Trist. Australian celebrity with 
his girlfriend in the car and has a heartbreaking moment. Just kind of, you do see his face kind of just break down, but he's, he's not going to have a complete breakdown. He's not going to go crazy. He just, you feel that he's just had a, a mental break and she doesn't know that he's had this break. At that point, they, he pretends like it didn't happen to her. He still questions her on it. But, eh, stuff's going on in his head, and he decides, uh, you know what, uh, I'm going to go a little nuts. So, buddies, come on over, and I got a bunch of balloons. And I'm going to tie up to deck chair to see what will happen. And um, since this is based on an actual story, well, as you can guess, because he starts tying all these balloons of helium to this deck chair, and they're all industrial-sized balloons that are made by a former colleague of his, or were made for a former colleague of his, these balloons end up taking the chair with him flying through the sky. Kind of like up. It, it, it very much is like up. And, and, and to, to me, on in this movie, um, as much of a device as that is, that's the weakest point of the movie. Because it's 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 doable, you can kind of believe it. I mean, physically, is it possible? Yeah, it's believable. You can you know bring helium on. You can take a deck chair up for the people out here on uh, on the west coast of the uh, United States, on the east coast. The lawn chair. It's, yeah, thank you very much. I was gonna I was trying to figure deck chair. It's a lawn chair, um, but of course, Gany lawn chair doesn't fly. Um, well, it, like I said, this is based on a real story. Someone actually did do this, and one survived, the other two, one was found three weeks later dead, and the other one hasn't been seen since. That... <laughs> kind of disturbing. <laughs> See, we're, we're not going to hear the story about the people that have died from this shit. And <laughs> you're just not going to hear it. Like, you're not going to hear someone like, you know... <laughs> Oh my god, we're gonna tell a story. Okay, here, here's the movie. Somebody got drunk, took off on a lawn chair. Oh, nope, they died. Okay, and well, we got about a 15 minute movie end here. Scene. And we're in, in scene, here's a bunch of shit, people frickin' crying at someone's grave. That's a great movie right there. It's depressing as hell. I don't want to see that. Spice it up, let's put a zombie in it. Let's make him come back from the dead. Okay, no, 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 no. You know what, Zan? You're, you're, you're hitting. My, I think we got a script right here. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Someone from Hollywood, listen to who's listening to the podcast. Send us the, the royalty check. We'll take. We'll write the script. Lawn chair. Uh, yeah, well, we need a device here. You know, he has to be in a lawn chair. Balloons. Well, we need a device. Um, Bermuda Triangle. It just drops down. You know, he's going to resurrect some sort of battle carrier, come back up. Now we got a device. We got to throw in Nazis. Somehow Nazis. I'm always down with Nazis. Actually, Zan and I were just talking about Dead Snow, yeah. so we're, 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 we're already in that Nazi zombie mindset. But before we go on to this tangent, back to the story, this is actually when the, this movie actually picks up, because it seems like they're almost two different movies, because the first part is kind of slapstick. Like, all the flashbacks yes. to his insane ideas, like him making a human slingshot and him falling into the cement, it's all very slapstick. It feels very weird. From this point on, 
it almost becomes a different movie, which, as you said, like Doc Hollywood? Yeah, no, no. I, I did feel like essentially what happens is he ends up, because he took off in balloons in this crazy, I mean, utterly crazy plot device to float away because he's being abused or whatever you want to say, he took off to another city in Australia, which is a little odd because in the U.S. we don't, you know, you could take off somewhere and we'd know where you are in a heartbeat. In Australia, in this plot device, nobody knows he lands in another city, just falls down, and nobody knows who he is. He, in fact, he is rescued by this insanely gorgeous girl who I've talked to Zan about, and my God, is she gorgeous. Her name's Glenda. And she's just there. It's the middle of the night. There are fireworks going off. The fireworks set off some of the balloons. He crash lands. And at first, she sees this guy in her tree all messed up. She cleans him up. The police and some of the locals are looking for whatever the crash thing was. They think it's an alien, and... She quickly makes up the excuse, oh, this is my former professor from from when I went to, to university. Um, he's staying here for a bit, and suddenly he's the talk of the town because Glenda has a, has a man friend. <laughs> oh, and, 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 and that is the perfect moment, too, because you do get a, oh, my God, like a small town feeling to this, in that there's somebody, somebody, I mean, who gives a shit? That's always how I felt about it, Sam. Is like if somebody shows up to in your neighborhood, nobody gives a yeah. shit. Nobody gives a shit anywhere. It's uh, whatever. But that is that Doc Hollywood feel. It's like, oh, we got a new sheriff in town, even though those are already a sheriff. And this guy shows up, and everyone's interested. Glenda does cover for Danny. I mean, she knows something's going on. She doesn't know what it is. She doesn't know where he's from, but she knows something, and she knows she has to cover for him. So she just says, he's my professor from college, or from university, as uh, you know, our friends across the pond want to say it. And, and she owns it. She just, anytime anyone asks her a question, it's, he's my professor, and she just through the entire movie, up until the end, she keeps that going. And and she is insanely loyal to him for that reason. She, she doesn't know who he is. She just knows somebody landed in my backyard. He needs help. I'm going to go with it. And screw it. And there's even a point when he tries to tell her the truth, and she's like, I don't want to know. No, no. And, and, and that is a great... That's one of those moments, Zan, where, where I was watching the movie. You always have those movies when you're, or those moments when you're watching the movie when you're like, damn it, just say what you need to say. And he tried to, and she didn't want to hear it. But, and, and that, that was a great, actually, that was a great moment in that movie because, eh, you always want to think what you would say at that moment, and she wouldn't have any of it. She's like, I don't care. I don't want to know it. I don't, I don't want to... Also, she's throwing which, herself at him, and she's naked, so that kind of was like, okay. Well, I'm always a fan of anyone throwing at me. <laughs> if you're going to throw yourself at me naked, I'm, I'm you know, I'll, I'll lie about anything. I'm, 
to be fair, I'll, I'll say I'm, you know, the Prince of the Nile. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, but, but, but that, the, the, the fact that she protected him and just had this affection for him for, uh, for the moment she met him was very sweet. And that's where I thought the, the whole movie took a turn. Like, it, it took a, it took a turn from just a simple, construct of I'm gonna you know I'm I'm I hate life my girlfriend doesn't like me um she's in it for you know whatever she's in it for she's in it for the fame whatever else I'm gonna take off in a balloon or in several balloons and I'm gonna land in another didn't even intend on landing in another land but he did and that's where it kind of took a turn. It, it really, it, it, he, it, it, this is where Danny Deckchair really became from 20 minutes on. For anyone watching that movie, stick with it for past 20, 25 minutes because it's going to turn into a different movie. It does, and it becomes a very good movie because Danny acclimates to the town. You see that this place brings out the best in him. Like early on, when he meets the guy who he gets the balloons from, the guy's like, I'm gonna, I wanna, I make these, want these balloons to advertise my business, and he's like, why don't you do a pancake breakfast? And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? That's the stupidest thing ever. But in this town, he brings it up to someone who's running for the, I think the magistrate or the cop or the council person, and... Or governor, I don't know what it was. But, it was, it was something high. But up. he loves the idea, he thinks it's, and it actually helps him to get votes. Yeah, and you actually like like he lands in this town. He has a he starts. He basically gets a new life for this guy that's in Sydney. Actually, I believe it's Sydney. Yeah, I, 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 I it was a it's major city, and uh, he gets a small town makeover and gets a new start. And people like him. He's and he is uh, through the entire movie. He's never not a likable guy. You like him. He just hasn't got a fair shake because he's a little bit abstract and he doesn't fit, he doesn't fit with what everyone else likes to see. He doesn't fit with if he's laying concrete. It's not done properly. If he's, you know, making a suggestion to someone, like you said, Zan, he, it, I want to have a pancake breakfast. Well, that's not how we do politics here in the big city. Hmm, that's that may be true, um, but that's maybe how they do it in the little city. And it was a a really cool moment uh, when he lands and, like you had said, Zan, he does have this moment where he makes a suggestion in this little city to do a pancake breakfast, and it's accepted. Uh, it's it's not only accepted. The man he's giving that advice to thinks it's brilliant, and the, and there's that moment where you see in his face where, oh, son of a bitch, this is what I need. This is the, this I, I'm appreciated, and it's gonna work. Somebody's listening to me. It, it's a great, actually, it's a great moment in in in, in movies. And this is also at a point after when he tries calling home and uh, Mr. Sports fan. I'm not going to be a sports writer no more. I'm going to be an actual reporter. Shows up at their house, and he's at their house, kind of a, one of those, oh, no, I pick up the phone, and it's her there. Oh, no, I'm not going to tell who I am. And it makes Danny think that him and that Trudy and 
uh, Sandy are hooking up. They've, she's moved on, so he figures he can move on. But the thing is that as he does move on, it's the best thing for him because this place brings out, as I said, the best in him. And he ends up becoming this guy's campaign manager. And in my favorite, well, my favorite scene, um, the campaign manager is really a corrupt asshole, the, the campaign guy. Amen. And he, he says, you make the speech. And he realizes, you know, he makes eloquent speech, which is brilliant, and it just the whole town is like, why don't we vote for him? He no, he understands. That is, and you know what, Sam, that, that's the moment, and that entire scene in the movie really solidified Danny's character. And I, I just, I, 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 I love that, because in the movie, you see, you see Danny evolve, not just, you know, you see him evolve as kind of like a simpleton or whatever else you want to call him, or just like a hedonist, and then he starts caring. And before you know it, uh, and actually, that's my biggest beef with the movie, is I think that that could have been expanded upon. I actually wanted to see a couple, you know, whether it's 10 minutes or 15 minutes more, of him interacting with the city and interacting with the city council and those things. Like, he had a lot of potential there, and uh, he, uh, I just, I wanted to see more of that. That was the best part of the film, because Reese sells this character, this fully developed character, that you are rooting for. Generally, a lot of times, your protagonists are like, Oh, he's the star of the movie. Then afterwards, you're like, I don't care what happens after the movie. It just happens. This character, you want to see him succeed because he has this great outlook on life. And from what I've heard, people after this movie was over, they're leaving the theater. They were smiling because it gives you this feeling of hope and of just like this um, feeling of wanting to conquer the world and you could do it. It's not that you can't. It's that that positive feeling. No, right, right, exactly. That's, uh, you felt something with Danny. Danny Deckchair really is, it, it's, if you see it on Netflix, it's, it, it looks like one thing. It looks like a quasi-documentary or whatever else. Really, uh, you know, there's some, like Zan said, that there, there's some basis in reality, but overall, it turns out to be a rom-com. It is. That's what it is. It's a rom-com, but a really good rom-com. And I'm not... I I do like rom-coms, but I'm always critical of them. This one is pretty damn good from from a rom-com perspective. Like, I I really liked it. There's not a lot of movies I'll sit back and go... There's not a lot of movies I will go outside and take a moment to just absorb. I just watch them and move on to the next one. This one, I kind of watched it, and I took a moment, and I walked outside and went, you know what? That was a pretty good movie. Son of a bitch. Like, they did a good job. I really liked everything in there. I don't know how you could feel about it, Son. No, I agree. This film, you do need that moment to gather your thoughts afterwards, because there is so much to it, but it's so... You feel good afterwards. It's a feel good movie. Now... I don't think we should spoil the ending, but suffice to say, like with most rom-coms, as you could probably guess, 
they find evidence of who he is, the media shows up, and then this, that, and the other thing happens. And maybe happy ending, may, well, obviously happy ending. One of the things I did like is all the actors, for the most part, were really, their acting was amazing. Like, I love, one of my favorite scenes is when Danny comes back, and you see Glenda's face at first. She has this, like, almost, she's, like, super happy and excited, like, everything's going to be okay, and then you just see her get the, her mind remembers, and she gets this, this really pissed off look. Right. That one was, and, and it kind of showed her character right there. Like, I'm happy to see you. And then you, she got pissed off that he was back because, well, hell, she got, she got like pissed off and then she got happy again. Like, <laughs> there is that great moment of, why are you back? Like, and it's like, I'm back for you. And it's, uh, it is a great moment. That's, and you could even say that for his girlfriend in the movie too. Uh, there was, there were those moments of, uh, actually you really could say that Danny had those moments throughout the entire movie is I'm happy to see you, but I'm gonna, f- but I'm gonna fake it or I'm not really happy. The catch is with his girlfriend, she would fake it and be happy to see him. But she really wasn't. So she would start from not happy to happy. And the girl he really loved and who really loved him, she would be unhappy and pissed off because that was how she was supposed to be. But then you saw little twitches in her mouth and her mindset that would show that she's actually, I'm glad you're back. Yes. And it shows the relationships done well, and even some of the, the little scenes like you brought earlier, the scene at, um, when, are you going to be okay? No, it's like, you're going to be perfectly fine. That one was that there was a great moment, and I always loved these moments in movies, because I, I, I'm, I'm kind of... I don't always like people being the bad guys. And this is a Hollywood movie, so I always hate saying that stuff. But I do like certain moments in Hollywood movies. But Sweet Home Alabama, uh, there was a moment where, uh, for anyone that hasn't seen it, Jesus Christ, I can't believe anyone has seen it, but I'll spoil it, um, where the central, well, I'll say the central guy, but one of the male, uh, one of the males that is interested in the girl in the movie uh, realizes that she is still attracted to her former beau, who wants something other than him. And he just accepts it and says, go get him. Like, I'm, I, that's essentially what it, like, I'm cool. Like, I want you to be happy and go. And there's something really nice about that, about somebody just saying, you know what? I, I don't want to be jealous. I don't want to be anything. I just want you to be happy. And you know what? I want to be fine. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt, of course. But uh, go do your thing. And that is... Uh, that There was a moment in that with Danny Deckchair that was I, I thought was really cool. It was just a nice come-to-Jesus moment. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the movie, actually. It was those moments which make it, and that scene that it shows that there, it's not the, oh, you'll you'll be sorry. It's acceptance. 
it's a very different mindset than what we're used to, and it's refreshing. Yeah, I, I was very happy with that, with that scene. To me, in Danny Deckchair, that movie, or that moment in that movie could not have been done more perfectly. It was, it was just a, it was a great moment. And, and I think more, I don't know, I don't want to say more movies should take a, you know, hint from that, but, uh, it, it makes you feel better walking away from the movie. Alright, so, with that in mind, now, what do you think was your favorite scene? The scene that stuck out to you the most, or was the most you remember when you think about this movie? I mean, for me, besides the speech, which I'd love to say, there's, like I said, that moment when Glenda sees him and she's like, I'm so happy to see you, but it's like, I'm, but I remember, I'm supposed to be mad at you, but I'll forgive you instantly. I love that scene, just that, that interaction, and also what he does to kind of win her back in a weird sort of way. Mm-hmm. That's the scene which sticks out. That, uh, I'm gonna go with you right on that moment. Um, I can't give too much away, but it's the same scene, essentially. <laughs> Um, there is a parasailing moment um, oh, yeah. that, that was my... I, I, I thought it was perfect because, like, okay, there's almost a fate sort of aspect to that. Like, no, there was not only... Well, I guess not only fate, but there was a deeper psychological thing is, like, I can't let you go. Yeah. And, and it was a great moment. I, I... There's... To anyone out there listening... That wants to see it. There's a, a to anyone out there that wants to see this movie. There are tremendous scenes in this movie, and it's a good movie. I don't think Zan and I are gonna say it's bullshit or whatever else. We might differ a little bit, and I think we're gonna come to that on whether it's a must see or whether it's you know a kind of see. But no one, I don't think we're either one of us are gonna say it's bad. Yeah, and, and it, it, it's it's a sweet movie. Like, if, if you're sitting around wanting just to see a sweet movie, it's a great movie for that. And, and I'll, I, I stand behind that every step of the way. I don't know how you feel about it, uh, but I, I feel the same way. It's, it's I've got to agree with you. My way. I have to agree with you. It is one of those movies which is a feel-good movie, and it is a sweet movie. Um, and it is, there are some great moments and some bad moments, but there's also moments where you just scratch your head like, Really? Like, the, yep. there's a scene when um, Danny becomes such a sensation, they start showing people being inspired to do random things. They just show this guy, this man, 48 years old, decided to climb up and sit on top of a light of a pole. Why? Because he wanted to do it to see as a kid. You're like, okay. <laughs> well, see, and, and that's where I wish they could actually, this is where, I, because I do think they had a good premise, I kind of wanted to see a little bit more on that side. I agree. I would like, like to give me a little bit more backstory here because I can accept that. I wanted to see a little bit more about him being a sensation, about you know, uh, or or him in the town. I, I the movie really could have gone for another fifteen minutes or twenty minutes of expanding upon stuff. That's actually my biggest complaint. Is I thought it was a great movie. I just wanted to see a little bit more for explanation purposes. I thought it was cut short, and it maybe was. maybe there is some stuff on the cutting room floor. But uh, I, I what I watched, like I want to see more. I liked it. 
There's no doubt I liked it, but I wanted to see more of what was there. You want to see more of the, the universe building, because I did want to see, like, because they show the guy on the pole, and they show the one girl they're interviewing who literally confesses to the guy she's working with that she loves him. But i like to see some more crazy, what else, how else is rippled out, how, what, who else is affected by this situation. Not, I mean, the town, you'd want to see more of, you'd want to see more of the people who didn't know Danny but heard about Danny, how they were affected, instead of just seeing, oh, you're kind of famous and you have all these people who are there, but really, you don't really know much about anybody else. And that's one of the, I think one of the failings of the movie is that, with the exception of the central group, no one else really gets a chance to breathe a little bit. You hear about them, but you don't see them. No, that's that's my, uh, the, if any complaint, I have two complaints about the movie. One, it started a week, and I still feel bad. Like, I, I just didn't, uh, 20 minutes in, I was ready turned off, but I couldn't. And then I'm so glad I didn't, but I still felt like it. And then the other part is, you know, near the end of the movie, I didn't want it to go off. Which is probably one of the weirdest feelings I've had. Is, <laughs> you know, 20 minutes in, I want it turned off. An hour and 30 minutes in, I don't want it to go off. I, I, I wanted to see more and from some great actors, some great actresses. Uh, I just, I, I wanted to see more of it. And, and, and uh, to me, the, the entire thing, like you had said, climbing up the uh, telephone pole, uh, we're, we're representing Danny because it's a statement of we're just going to, we're hedonistic. Um, and I wanted to see more of that. And also, I kind of wanted to, for him to hang out a little bit more in his town. I wanted to see a little bit more romance and whatever else was going on. I wanted to see that built. And I, I just, I, I didn't get that. Um, I mean, overall, it pulled itself off. But uh, I would have liked to see more. I definitely could have. There's some movies out there, Zan, that I could have sat there and said, screw it, I'm done in an hour. I'm done in an hour and 10 minutes. This one, I could have hung out for another, I could have hung out for half an hour more. Uh, I really could have. This could have been a good two hours instead of 100 minutes, and I would have been happy with it. It would have been a good 120 minutes, I think. The 20 minutes could have pushed it out a little bit. I think I would have cried, actually. You know, if you would have brought it in for another, if you would have got another half hour with story, with character development, you'd brought a tear to my eye. There, there's certain, you know, if they would have flushed out certain other characters in the movie, yeah, I, I it, this would have been another fucking up for me, which I guess you could say is <laughs> a comparison because he did take off in freaking balloons, but it would really would have been. I, I think you could have done that, uh, and I. I I think they missed out on that part. Uh, they did a good job. I'll never say a bad thing against the movie because they did what they set out to do, and it was a good movie. But I think they could have made it so much better just by, you know, hanging out for another half hour. I am in complete agreement with you. Now, we saw our favorite scene. The music was perfect, I think, where it's sedate, where it, you don't even know it's there. It's there when you need it, but you don't really notice there's non-intrusive. That worked. Um, who would you say is your MVP and your LVP for the movie? Oh, you know, my LVP, 
You know what? Actually, we had talked about this earlier. Uh, your my LVP is the same as yours, and I don't have his name written down. It's the sheriff of the town. Yeah. Um. Uh, which I thought could have had some potential there. Uh, I I really did. Like I and, and to be, this is kind of where we're going out there with you peeps. Um, LVP doesn't mean you're uh, bad. It means that maybe there's some potential that wasn't fully realized. And I don't take it away from the actor, either. It just, it wasn't written right. In this case, the LVP, there is a sheriff in the town. Um, I thought there was a hell of a lot more potential for this guy than was fully realized. What do you think, Sam? He is supposed to be the additional person in this love triangle, love uh, octagon, whatever you want to say. And he literally does... He only has one side to him. He's just, oh... Linda's mine. She's not yours. She, she's mine. And even when Glenda doesn't, when it, it, everything goes to hell and Glenda's like, yeah, I'm quitting. It's like, no, you can't leave me. You'll come back in a week. You'll be mine. And you're like, you could have seen him grow up. You could see him. Nope. You just see him old and like, he's, you know, you know. You know what, Zan? When you're t- when you're doing that voice, I'm like I'm grabbing my hand, like like talking, like we're on the shining. That's a great voice no, that's for right a, there. Like, that's, I'm coming for you. That's it exactly. I was doing the same thing. I'm just I'm just holding my hand and like this. Yes, yes, she's mine. Like almost my precious. My ex- uh, the ring. Oh, bring her here. And you wanted to see more from him. And like he had potential. Like I wanted to see him either be good or bad, or fucking anything. But I'm not getting anything from him. He's, and that's what's bad. He had a potential to be a great character, and looking at him as an actor, I think he could have done it. It just, the script wasn't there for him. They didn't write it in. It's not at all. I mean, you had other characters who were less valuable, but they were there for specific reasons. Like, you had his partner in the cement business. He literally had four lines, and he was just, you know, a guy who's in this situation. He's there kind of as a catalyst. And the only thing we know about him is that he can't drive, right? And and, and that and then and he still loved the guy. He still loved Danny. And uh, that's all you need to know, I think. But, but if at the end of the day you had the sheriff of the town, essentially, and at least I think that was his role. Yeah, he's a sheriff. Um, yeah, it was a sheriff, and he's in love with the 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 female catalyst, you know, Danny's love interest, and he just kind of just, you know, he's, he's kind of an asshole, kind of not. He just kind of hangs out. You don't really know where he stands. I wanted to see him one way or another. Either be an asshole, or be kind of cool. You know, I, I you know, or I want to see you, the overall thing, what I look for guys like that, if, if I want to see a feel-good movie, like this movie is, and it is, it's a feel-good movie. If you want to see a movie like that, I want to see this guy be an asshole and then turn around and just kind of say, I'm, I want to see you happy to Glenda. That's what I want to see. And they could have done it, but at the end of the day, they didn't do any, they didn't make him bad, they didn't make him good, they just made him be. Yeah, it, it didn't make any sense. To go back to Doc Hollywood, you had Woody Harrelson as this. This is the same character as Woody Harrelson, but done yes. completely wrong. And the only scene he gets, which is almost his his defining moment, is when he gives them a speeding ticket and he acts 
like a pouty child. That's that's yeah. his defining and, moment. It's his best. It is like really, dude. He's like just, just, just you know why, and walks away I'm like. That's his moment. I mean, like you said, Doc Hollywood, Woody Harrelson. Um, that uh, he is the Woody Harrelson character of the movie, but he has no good lines. And I think looking at him, I remember when he popped up on screen. I kept thinking, this is going to be the bad guy. This is going to be the bad guy, but I'm looking forward to it. And then he just peters off. Like I, 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 he had potential. He really did have a lot of potential, and that—that's where, as much as I like the movie, I—you could have given the guy a little bit more, like, make him good or make him bad. I don't care. Make him bad. Best thing you can do is make him incredibly bad, and then make him good, and then that makes the movie even better. Like, but just don't have him hang out. There's no reason for that. Then, then you're just, you know, it's it's masturbation at that point. It is, and now in contrast to that, let's get off his depressingness. Contrast the MVP. I think we're going to agree on. I think Reese Evans stole. It's his movie, and he owned it. I think. Ooh, we're going to get into a debate here. This is awesome. Oh. No, I I, I love him. I love I loved Reese. Um. But uh, <laughs> I'm guessing you, here's where I come. To, uh, you're, you know where I'm going. I, I know because we already talked before. Yeah. You know I'm going for Glenda. Yeah. You know I'm going for, for Miranda. Okay. Miranda Otto. It, it's Otto, yep. right? Or Odo? Otto. Yeah. Uh, Otto. Good lord, I loved her to death in this movie, and as we talked before, so much so that I looked her up online and was like, "Oh, I've discovered this new actress." I'm going to Twitter her. Oh, my God, this came out in 2003. Okay, so she's not around anymore. Or she's, you know, like 50 at this point. But I, I, she was phenomenal. And, I, no, I, I do get the Reese thing. Reese, as you brought up during Notting Hill, fantastic. And actually, I didn't place him with Notting Hill until you brought it up, but he was great. Um, I thought she brought such a wonderment. Like, every moment she had in the movie was just not only admiration for him, but just a wonderment. And just this, this, you know, I don't like you, but I like you. But even when she didn't like you, there was still this sweet moment. I just thought it was great. Which uh, moment was the sweetest moment, you think? The, uh, the sweetest moment I have... Uh, you know what? And this is crazy, but... The sweetest moment was, God, there's so many. I was going to say that there's a moment near the end. There's a moment uh, when there's a relationship budding between the two, and I don't want to spoil anything. But the best moment I can say with Miranda is, when Danny has landed for the first time and she is enamored by him, not necessarily because it's him, but because it's something different. And there's a wonderment in her eyes that she gets from something that's not, not in her spectrum. It's not the sheriff that she used to date, apparently. It's not, 
you know, a, or, or her little group or society that doesn't think she's going to go to a dance. It's something new. And her eyes light up and cover for him. It's just a great moment. Like, the, the, that was my MVP moment for her. It's just her, or my MVP moment of the movie is her eyes lighting up and like, she didn't see him just as I'm in love with him. She saw him as I got something. There's something new. There's hope. There's there's something there that's not what my life is supposed to be. It's a way out of the rut. But she says she's in a rut at the end of the movie, and that's her way out. That was, and, and that's why I like that moment. No, no, I and I I I totally get you picking Danny as the MVP because he was phenomenal. But I, and I see where you're going. I did, hesitate. I, I did hesitate on that because they actually, realistically, both of them, their their relationship was fantastic. That is what the movie is, is their relationship, and that is the best part of it, is their budding relationship and their interactions, I think. But, but Danny, I will give, as much as I feel the MDP is Glenda, uh, I will concede that there was the moment that hit me with Danny is, uh, as we've covered before, when he's giving a speech to the community um, and just really ad-libbing it, it really kind of touched me as a person. I mean, it touched everyone. It would just kind of said, screw you to, you know, government, screw you to organi- organization. Like, we, I'm just concerned about people. And there was a great moment for that. I mean, that, that was... That was great, and that, and you look back on that, and that was this is this movie was in two thousand three, and we need more of that now. And this is in Australia, and we need that in the U.S. So it kind of screws with you. Going, son of a bitch, that guy was good. Why don't we have that here? Well, we're screwed up. <laughs> just, just a tad bit, just, a, just a little bit. But I'm guessing where you're going, and I'm kind of the same way. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm right there with you, Zan. Uh, I would say, here's where I come down on it. I would say borrow from a friend, which is our second highest, or really, really fucking cool, which is our highest. And here's where my, here's where I think Zan and I are coming down on it. If you're all about, you know, horror movies and this shit and that shit and I want action and stuff, eh, maybe it's more of a borrow from a friend thing. But, Overall, as a movie, I'm going to go for it's really, really, really fucking cool. Like, I liked it. Like, I thought it was sweet, which you don't see. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. Like, there's not many movies I can sit there and like, I'm sitting there in bed watching it kind of, you know, a little tear in the eye going on and thinking, this is a good movie. I really like this. The, 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 I don't have a lot, and, and the, for a rom-com to do that is impressive. So that's why I always, because I'm so critical of it, I don't know who you are, Zon, Zon with the, the uh, rom-com. No, I, I'm in the same boat as you are. Uh, but I thought it was good. Uh, like The fact that it did that to me, the fact that I actually really liked it, made me think, you know what? Actually, I'm I'm cynical on that. So the fact that I liked it probably means that you should watch it. I'm getting blown off, or I love action, or I love just straight up comedy. This is like a huge like, just even if it's a one time, I guarantee you'll. Yeah, and I don't want to hear from you guys that I didn't like it because, you know, 
I only like people being decapitated. All right. Well, you know what? Fuck that. <laughs> Look, that's not that movie. We are fans of decapitation movies, and we still like the movie. So just really, if you watch the movie, and actually if you freaking hate it, I'm going to be really surprised. I can I can understand you watching it and saying, eh, I'm on the fence. I can accept that. But if you say you hate it, I don't know about you, Sam. If someone says they, I, I hate this movie, I'm kind of kind of di- going to discount a lot of opinion there. Like, how do you hate that? You can't hate it. It's not a bad movie. That's the problem. And then come back to it. If you have a legitimate reason why you don't like it, let us know. We'll, we'll talk about this. We'll debate it. Exactly. I mean, I was about, you know, 30 minutes in the movie and I had wood. I don't know what anyone else is talking about. Oh, shit. Did I just say that? <laughs> <laughs> so yes so who had wood at that moment at, at the 117 um da, 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 wood <laughs> at hotmail.com uh <laughs> dot tits yes yes what oh i like that address sam i like it a lot spear in the mouth again i, I got it all what yeah i think you do But for the most part, I've really enjoyed this podcast, and I love talking about this movie. It's such a good movie. If you fans have not watched this, go out, watch it. It's on Netflix right now, but you can get the movie online. You can find it in various places. Definitely check it out. Now, is this one of my favorite movies I've ever seen? Eh, but it's worth watching. It is worth watching, definitely. It is a good movie. It's a heartfelt movie, and... It's a feel-good movie. It gives you that optimistic feeling that a lot of us are missing in life today because a lot of depressing shit happens. Watch this movie just to feel really good. Now, with that in mind, let's get to that part you've all been waiting for. And what are we talking about? We're talking about that one, that only, the The Dodecahedron of Movies. Oh, and I've already got the list randomized there, sweetheart. So we got that going on. So for those of you who don't know, the dodecahedron is a 12-sided dice. And what we're going to do is we're going to roll the dodecahedron. And whatever number it lands on, that's what we're going to review in the next episode. However, there's only nine movies out of this 12-sided object. If it lands on a 10, it's going to be Michael's choice. If it lands on an 11, let's roll again. If it lands on a 12, well, that means it's going to be my choice. <laughs> Either way, let's roll and see what's going to happen. It's going to be a lot of fun, and, well, this is going to be groovy. Hail to the king, baby. Yeah. I've rolled, and it has landed on number eight. Oh, Jesus Christ, I have to renounce this one? We do have, uh, oh, good God. See, this is where I really screw up with the Japanese names. I'm guessing it's Japanese. I do have a Ruinari Kenshin live action. Oh, I don't know. The, okay, that. that is the, so, that's awesome. So, in the next episode, we're going to be reviewing the live-action adaptation of Roroni Kenshin, a manga written by... Shinichi Watanabe, I believe? It's a very cool series. Okay, well, no, I'm down with it. It's just I had a problem pronouncing it. So, that that does not bode well for me during the review, by the way. Eh, we'll see how it goes. I'm pretty excited, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. From I remember, it's a really good movie. I, I got it. It sounds... I'm, I'm totally down. So, with that in mind... This is Michael. I broke the rules for you, and what do I get? I had no I was, choice! I was reaching out for you! That was my Sammy. chopper! Can I have a second bit, Trudy? Yeah, sure, Danny.
Hi, baby. What you doing here? It's not gonna work, Trudy. I don't wanna hear this. Trudy! Well, it's not fair. What do you mean? You did something, Danny. You and your crazy ideas. And now, we have a chance. Like we could really go somewhere. I reckon I know what you want. And I'm not it. Believe me, all this stuff's gonna blow over. And we'd be right back where we started. What happened to you up there? Everything. You gonna be all right? Yeah. And this is your host, Zahn, for the Spyrokin Movie Review. My favorite line from Danny Deckchair is going to be... Uh, big, big, big Jim, Jim Craig. He, he's, uh, he's, uh, running late. Anyway, you should vote for Big Jim because, well, he's a good man. Uh, and um, he, he's got plans, big plans. And um, he, he's gonna give a big voice to all you little blokes. What the hell does he mean, little blokes? I mean, who am I talking to? And who's this little bloke anyway? Is he? Is he the, 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 the cleaner? Cleans up at the packing plant? Is he the, the teacher? Teaches your kids at the primary school? Is he the, the builder who built this town? Right. It all adds up, ladies and gentlemen. I, I don't think there's a little bloke here tonight. <laughs> Take our postie, John Perchy. What would happen if John decided not to deliver the mail for a day? That's not such a little thing. What would happen if Permjet Pensing didn't get out of bed in the morning and take her girls to school? That's not such a little thing. Or oh, what if old Mr. Potts didn't go to the park every day with his breadcrumbs to feed the pigeons? Hmm? We have a couple of thousand birds flying around looking for a new town to live in, and that's not such a little thing. We're the little people, all right. We're the ones who 
grow the crops, tar the roads, build the towns, teach the kids. Yeah, and when there's some big important thing that needs doing, it's always us, the little people, who damn well get it done. Sometimes we do it to ourselves. I used to think I'm just a nobody. Who am I kidding? But then I came to Clarence, where I've learned that you don't have to be a bigwig to be a somebody. It's the kind of person you are that's important. And this town is filled with the most important people I've ever met. <laughs> So that's it for this episode. Have a great afternoon and hope you enjoyed this episode. Adios.
Second migration, we all pay homage to the old plantation. Yeah, yeah. We just pay homage to the old plantation. Yeah, yeah. You got to. Big way selector, but the bad people want me rugged dance hall echoes. Ba ba boom boom, ba ba boom boom. Midnight reflects, rays down the da da stuck in a dead-end job. Danny just doesn't know what to do with himself. Like the time he made a human slingshot? He's one of the little people. His girlfriend didn't appreciate him. His friends didn't understand him. You and your bloody ideas, mate. I just want to see if it works. Planning a little trip? You don't seriously think you'll get off the ground, do you? Until he rose above it all. It's a UFO! Today, a man took to the skies out of his own backyard. Where did you come from? Poor thing. Thank you. Now... Can I use this? The man no one ever noticed. You look good enough to eat. Has become the man everyone is looking for. The full-scale search continues. Where did he go? What made him do it? I think he really needed a holiday. He looked quite suave. Suave? Never been called that before. He's inspirational. He's practically famous. He is famous! Danny's inspiring people to do things they normally wouldn't do. Today, a man decided to climb a telephone pole. It's the unlikely story of how far an average Joe can go. I found him! I can't do this anymore. After a little change... Linda, I love you! ...of altitude. Are you always like this? Lionsgate Films presents... <laughs> Danny Death Chair. Now, how's Bloomberg treating you? Exactly. Oh, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I, I did do the New York. You, you can hit. You can hit uh, Governor Brown in California if you want. Really want to take a pot shot. Now, but now, uh, speaking of which, I have to ask: since the governor left, has it been better or worse? Worse, by far. What I will say is that as much as I do not like Arnold Schwarzenegger, at least he kind of staved off the Governor Brown thing. California sucks, man. And, and, and this is, California sucks probably like 
I'm guessing New York sucks and a lot of other places suck where we just want people to leave us the hell alone uh, and, and not be so political. I mean, I, I just I just want people, I, I just want us to be left alone. I'm sorry to switch gears on you here, but you did ask. True, true, I did. Now, I mean, part of me now thinks I wish we had, like, if you've ever seen the show The Critic, uh... Like Phil Duke when he was running for president. I want a candidate who's like, I will offer you zombies more brains than anyone since Roosevelt. I want, I'll tell you this right now. In, in California, and I don't know if this hit the rest of the world, <laughs> rest of the U.S., but when we recalled our governor, uh, when was it? Gray Davis. It was years ago. Um, was it 07, 06, whenever it was? Um, we did get have an open primary, and we did have an opportunity to vote who was going to be our governor. And Schwarzenegger was on the ballot, and also Mary Carey and Larry Flint. Uh, I voted for Mary Carey. Why? Because she offered to give low jobs to anyone that voted for her, and in my mind, that would be way better than anything I ever got from a governor because they're just going to fuck us right in the ass. I- so it was like, okay, well, at least you, you don't know what you're doing, but neither do any of these other people, but they're going to screw us. So that was my attitude. Uh, at least, well, that sounds like the Nikki Benz thing from Toronto versus uh, the crackhead, the crackhead overlord. Uh, what is it? Um, uh, Ford? Ford, yes. Yes, yes that, whole, that whole interesting debacle. Porn star versus crackhead. <laughs> I say porn star wins. Uh, she didn't win, which is well, the bad part. Well, well, I do mean, like, you know, if we're doing a street fight, Crackhead's going to win. I mean, I, I I, can't, you know. Crackhead's always probably going to win. Well, 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 maybe if they use PCP. Like, you know, you give someone PCP, you're good. You know, that that's who I'm going to vote on. But here's the big thing. At least both of our governors did, have not gone the extremist. Pennsylvania's governor in, what is it, 86, I think? That whole thing where the governor on TV blew his brains out? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. I do not know his name. I've seen the video. Uh, yeah, and his blood was coming out from his nose. That one really bothered me. That was one of the first videos I watched online that was a suicide video, oh. and, and it, it bothered me. Like, I, 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 You don't get to see that that much. Yeah, uh, if you have never seen anything from these those websites, I recommend that, because it will change your atmosphere forever, and since I am throwing this in probably as a stinger to manipulate things slightly. Go ahead, man. And, yeah. and I will say, I mean, let's put it this way. Uh, if you're going to start with horrible frickin' videos, um, uh, a beheading might actually be your better choice. This one's bad. Oh. This one will fuck you up. Oh, the new one? Because there's a faucet coming from this dude's head. That's just what I'm saying. Uh. Like, you do not want... You just don't want to see it. Like, I would much rather see... As sad as it sounds, I'd rather see the beheading as far as gore is concerned because there's, you know, it's a head being chopped off. This guy is shooting himself in the head and you're seeing, you're seeing bad stuff. And this, you're right, that is the Pennsylvania guy. It's messed up. And there is a video apparently 
online that uh, I don't know if it's online, but that, that there is one with a female uh, journalist. Yeah. Uh, yes, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, and, and I don't think there's one you. I, I I've looked for the video. <laughs> That's how screwed up I am. Um, I but I have looked for it just to see if it was available. It's not. So to anyone listening out there wanting to look for that stuff, you know, Zan and I have seen stuff, um, and I think we're probably both in agreement here. Um, there's we wish we had. Yeah. I mean, you don't want it. Nowadays, I don't want to see it. I just don't want to see it. Uh, we we've been down that road when we've been younger and we've seen stuff, and we don't want to see that. It's messed up, and it, it's in your head. Once you get it in your head, you're not going to get it out, and that's that's it. Here's the deal um, to our younger audience: when you're a kid, you want to grow up, but realistically, at our age. We would love to have that innocence back that we had back then when the world was new. Like, Glenda has this, in the movie we were talking about, Glenda and Danny both have this, the world is new perception, and that's what we wish we still had. And if you have that, don't, don't give it up, really. It's not, it's, it's best to hold that as long as you can. Well, that's what I think anyway. No, I'm right there with you, Zan. Uh, we, uh... I hate to get preachy on that stuff, but um, but it is true. We, we're uh, you can look up. Look, if you're young, you can look up a lot of crap online. Um, we all did. Uh, I'll tell you this is, uh, you know what? There's a part of me that wishes I hadn't, and uh, I don't want that for me. I don't want that for anyone. Hell, Zan doesn't want that for him. I mean, I, if, if I could erase stuff from my head, it'd be beautiful. And uh, we grew up in an era where the internet wasn't pervasive. Uh, now we're monopolizing on it. How great is that? Uh, yes, we are <laughs> being a little bit um, hypocritical, but... <laughs> but, but 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 that's what we do. Uh, but but we're not we're not trying to hit up. Uh, don't. I guess what I can say is. You don't need to see stuff. There's certain stuff, maybe I know curiosity kicks you in the ass. I know you can want to see this stuff. Eh. You know what's more impressive than going out looking for it? Because you can find it in 10 seconds. All of us can. You know what's more impressive? Don't do it. That would be what I would say is more impressive. I agree. Because it's that it, don't do it. Don't do that to yourself. Um, good God. Zan, can you believe we're doing a Sesame Street PSA right here? But, but I mean, we're hitting it. <laughs> we're giving some life experience here, right? On the other hand, we could be like Inch Hat. I just had a terrible thought, a terrible podcast, which I totally do not recommend you listen to. And we could be talking about things like Mr. Hands or One Minute. We talked, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, it, Zan's done that. I'm, I'm doing the, uh, you know, uh, we got the one hand one jar podcast. I'm doing the one hand one swastika podcast. Uh, <laughs> no, we're not doing that one. Uh, that would that would sound bad. But no, no, but, but you can go down that road. Is is uh, uh, you know there's there's we've been down that road. If you want to go down that road, by all means. But yeah, you know. But let's put it this way, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, just enjoy what you got. And, uh, you know what, if you want to, if you want to go down those roads, go down them. Uh, I would advise you not to because why, <laughs> but if you want to knock yourself out.
I mean, that's what Zan and I are here for. We're, we're your guidance. We're telling you where, you know, what's good, what's bad. If you want to go down that road, knock yourself out. If you don't, by all means. But listen, you know, we're saying what's bad, what's good. Make your decision. In the end, what you choose to do is what will eventually make you who you are. Choices are what we have. Choices and memories. So if you want to have good memories, you know. I like, uh, I was just going to say, I went back to the original subject, but 